Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And alongside me tonight, folks, is the return of the man himself, our resident Cyclones insider, the one and only Nicholas Osen of 24-7 Sports. Nick, we will not be talking Cyclones tonight. Switching gears to the National Football League and more importantly, our beloved Chicago Bears. How are you doing tonight, my brother? Doing very well. It's been busy times covering the Cyclones. And, you know, I look at the calendar today and we're in August. So we're getting a step closer to real impactful football here. Nick, that is honestly music to my ears. The month of August just means that week one of the National Football League season is just over a month away. And that is beyond exciting to me and i know for yourself the same nick because our beloved chicago bears are right around the corner from embarking on season two with justin fields but year one under the helm of the new regime in coach matt eberflus and gm ryan poles so i could not be more jacked up especially after having been at bears training camp two days last week to jump into some Bears conversation because this is all that matters from now all the way through January. I'm totally with you, brother. You know, people have started to be hitting me up about the fantasy drafts and timing and things like that. It's always kind of turning the tables there. And, you know, I don't often get too jealous, but that was pretty sweet that you got to be at training camp. I'm sure you'll share a tale or two in this show. And, you know, it, it feels good. We've had some great episodes this summer, a couple of our best, but it's always nice when we've got real football to talk about. I honestly could not have said it better myself, Nick, in terms of tangible information coming out in regards to the NFL. And you're absolutely right. I will be tapping into a few highlights from last week at Bears camp. So, folks, strap in for a wild one. And as always, all right nick as i mentioned i spent the first two days of open practices at hallis hall last week it was certainly a unique transition from what we're used to in the past having made countless trips down to central illinois to olivet nazarene university for bears camp in Bourbonnais. And I'm not going to lie to you, Nick, and I'm extremely hopeful that you'll be able to join me next year. Bears camp at Hallis Hall is so perfectly streamlined and fan-centric, far more so than what we experienced back in the day at Bourbon A. It certainly is a sign of the times in terms of the ultimate fan experience and allowing the masses to have access to the players for free. I know we were able to meet players in years past at Bears camp, but seemingly every player was willing to spend time with fans after practice, take photos, and you know sign mini helmets and things of that nature, which I was honestly shocked by, especially in the COVID era and with all of the hype around Justin Fields. That first day 
of open practice. I was actually pinned up against a fence and trapped while trying to get out of practice at the end of the day because Justin Fields was being bombarded by fans, rightfully so. He's QB1 of one of the most historic franchises in all sports. But it was an absolute scene that I was not anticipating, and he took it in stride at least 30 minutes worth of signing jerseys, helmets, stomachs, taking photos with kids. It was something out of a movie, and this is the type of energy that we need to have around our Chicago Bears. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. You know, I know the fans have really shown out as they tend to with Chicago sports and, you know, especially the Bears. But that's pretty incredible to hear some of the some of the people and some of the places that Fields was signing. I know that, you know, you got some great pictures and and maybe got to meet a player here or there. But, you know, it's really encouraging to see. I would say I absolutely hope to get there and, you know, do a, a little more next year as well uh, in terms of football and, and family items. But, you know, overall, it sounds like camp actually on the field is progressing pretty well. You know, some of the guys have certainly had some some of their off days, including fields. And obviously there are some contract situations going on, but I'm fairly encouraged, especially what I'm hearing in some of the front sevens on either side. Nick, I love your point in terms of being encouraged heading into this 2022 NFL season with our Bears. And I could not agree with you more in terms of I do not know the last time I've been this encouraged in year one with a new head coach and a new offensive coordinator with uh, Luke Getze coming over from the Packers. Before I do touch on the on-field matters that I was able to enjoy last week, you mentioned a contract dispute of arguably our most talented player and most important player, and that is Roquan Smith, number 58, the man in the middle the all-pro linebacker for this franchise. I had the distinct pleasure of meeting him last Friday, and I had no other option than to mention his impending contract. And I said, Roquan, you go ahead and secure that deal. And he responded with a nice smirk and said, we're working on it, man. I'm doing my best. We're working on it. So... He could not have been more smooth with the fans. He was out at practice being a vocal leader both days that I was there. Of course, he's not practicing, and I do not blame him. We talked about this last week on a fellow Bears podcast that you are a founding member. Bear with us. Roquan Smith is the most valuable player on this team. It's not common that... A linebacker is of that magnitude in terms of value on an NFL team. Of course, Justin Fields, protect him at all costs. But in terms of talent and production on the football field on Sunday afternoons, there is no better player on this roster. So he can sit out all he wants up until September 11th when he needs to be ready to rock with a new contract underway. Yeah, you know, I don't think I would disagree with the most talented. I, I do think he's probably the best player on the entire team, which, you know, kind of says a lot in some fashion. 
I'd say Fields might still be the most valuable just because of what he can be and, you know, the quarterback position. But I'm happy to hear this personal report that there's some encouragement there. You know, I, I do believe both sides will end up wanting the same thing. So it's certainly, you know, a major thing because as we know, for Fields to have much success and for this offense to really be you know, kind of smooth and confident this year in year one of this, this offense and new regime, like you mentioned, you want to have the backbone of a defense to kind of have your back, right? So you're not fighting back from 21 to three all the time and things of that nature. So I'm in complete agreement, quite honestly, with, with most of what you said. And I'm pretty encouraged that it will get done in time, at least with the Roquan situation. I do feel that way. If this franchise is smart, Nick, and I'm hopeful that they've finally turned a new leaf in terms of the front office and the coaching staff, there should be no larger priority than getting Roquan Smith back on the field because he is the leader of that defense and someone that would heavily impact the defensive side of the ball week in and week out. We've seen it over the last few years. There's a reason that he's holding out, and that is because he is the most dominant force on that defensive side of the ball, and he deserves the contract of that upper echelon of defensive players like we're seeing around the league. So as long as he's there week one against the San Francisco 49ers, that's all I need because we know he's getting all the work in behind the scenes. Whether he's practicing or not, he's staying ready. And another defensive monster for this Bears team that there's been a little bit of smoke around is Robert Quinn. We know he's been in the league for a decade plus. He's coming off of his best season in the NFL with 18 and a half sacks, a franchise record. There was talk of him being moved. That will not be happening. I am fully confident in Robert Quinn being a member of this defense come week one and throughout the course of this season, because as I mentioned to you off the air, Nick, if you're looking at the bare bones of this roster, including guys like Roquan, Robert Quinn, only proven players on this team, there are maybe six on the whole roster. And I've just mentioned two of them. Of course, we got Darnell Mooney on the offensive side, David Montgomery on the offensive side, and then you have to mention Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson in the secondary. So, yes, I am encouraged heading into this season, but in terms of proven talent on Sundays, there's only a handful of guys, so you need to hold on to them as long as you can. Yeah, I would put – you know, maybe kind of an aging Cody Whitehair in there as well. He's at least done some good things as an NFL player with this organization, but you're exactly right. I'm very happy that, you know, Robert Quinn is expected to be a part of this franchise this season. Obviously, there aren't the highest of expectations, but I'll go back to kind of what I said on defense. And I mean, look, the Bears, as we've talked about with our uncle, who really helped get us into the Bears, you know, they're lucky in that the product can be just about anything and fans will show up and support. But I don't fully think that 
you know, this front office can, they can do a lot more, especially with, you know, McCaskey, as we've kind of talked about recently, but I don't feel that they're completely inept or, or incompetent and not wanting to kind of further improve these things. I'm really confident in this regime, as I've mentioned, and I'd like to think that some of those building blocks that have been around a little while longer, I would generally say that, you know, Robert Quinn is past his prime, though I know last year was his best season, like you said. So you could argue still in there. You just need to have guys like that to, to really even be a competent team. I mean, if not, you're looking at truly a 2-15, and 3-14. I, I hate to say it, but I'm being honest. If you don't have that type of talent on defense, because that's protecting the middle of the field, that's a pass rush then you're really just relying on some some young guys in the back line and a second-year quarterback. In some ways, I'd argue first year just because of how, you know, Nagy treated him and how he's kind of spoken about that recently a little bit just in terms of the offense. So players like Roquan and like Robert Quinn, I'll say white hair again, Eddie Jackson, who I, I do think will be – similar to the Eddie Jackson we've seen, those guys are really important and you're rebuilding a team, but you want to be competitive. I would probably even say, you know, the lions might have a more talented roster from top to bottom. It's close in that division. So you need guys like that. I'm glad we're kind of seeming to be on the same page there in terms of the progression. And now we need to see that from the offense, because as I'm sure, you were set to hit on. I know we're reading the reports every day, and it sounds like the the offense is behind the defense, which is expected at this time of the year. Nick, there's certainly a lot for me that I'm excited to unpack with you there. And you mentioned the building blocks of this franchise, the guys that have proven themselves, and now it's time for the man of the hour, Justin Fields, to take that step I know that's a cliche. Oh, take the next step. No, this man, you say, oh, two and 15, three and 14. That is very much on the table. I think this team has a bit higher ceiling, and I know you'd probably agree with that. So long as Justin Fields is able to prove himself on the offensive end. But I've been realistic all summer long when I've had conversations with friends, most of which who are Packers fans, I'm going into this season anticipating at most seven wins. I think that's right around where Vegas will have the Bears. Six and a half is probably the line right now. I don't see that moving come September. And that's because the offense is entirely unknown. Luke Getzey, as the OC obviously has had proven success with the Packers under Matt LaFleur. But Justin Fields is the great unknown. We saw flashes of success live and in person against the Niners last year with that unbelievable touchdown. And he'll have a chance at a rematch in week one. But Fields has to be out of this world fantastic for this team to be even remotely competitive. And I don't know that he'll get to that point in year two. And most would argue year one because he had that revolving door at QB last year. 
because that was seemingly Matt Nagy's favorite thing to do with each young quarterback that he dealt with in Chicago. So we bring things to the offensive side of the ball. Justin Fields is obviously the focus. And from what I saw at training camp last week and the reports coming out early this week, it's not looking good. I saw him get picked off by rookies in Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon. Of course, it's not full live action at practice, but these guys are waltzing into camp and taking care of business on the defensive end, and Justin Fields needs to be a bit more accurate. I don't blame him fully because he only has one receiver that he's played with before in Darnell Mooney. So I'm asking you, Nick, who is going to be that second option at receiver to be a little bit more connective with Justin Fields as we embark on this season? Specifically the wideout position, or it can be any pass catcher? I would say specifically the wideout position because, yes, Cole Komet has had a pretty darn good camp so far. We're only a week in, and I'll give him that credit. But last year, he showed us that he was incapable of catching the football, and hopefully he turns a corner this year. But in terms of that second wide receiver position, we talk about guys like Equinamia St. Brown, hopefully Valus Jones Jr. Who is that second target that you anticipate succeeding on Sundays? It's a really good question, man. I, I think at this point I would probably go with Pringle. Just because, you know, he's saying all the right things. He has had glimpses or flashes of success in Kansas City. He's shown some reliable moments in the playoffs. You know, obviously, we're looking for sustainable numbers in the regular season. And, you know, he's a signing that I was relatively excited about. I mean, obviously, we're not talking about huge names, but that is the player that I would probably say I am anticipating a pretty solid year from one of your guys, Cole Komet. So I think that's going to help. I do like, you know, the running backs out of the backfield. Generally Montgomery showed me a lot as a receiver in spurts last season. And look, I mean, I know I'm an eternal optimist and, and I think I just, unless he completely bombs this season, Justin Fields, it's going to be tough for me even if he struggles to really give up because I'll never forget that night he was drafted and how excited we were. And I won't forget what he did at Ohio state the flashes that he's shown, you know, a pro day real games that we've seen, or we've been at like that Steelers game. That was a legitimate top eight to 12 quarterback performance in the second half. And I remember exactly where I was for that too. So you know, it can be concerning. I think that I've seen at least probably two or three of these picks that were uh, not dropped, kind of tipped. So obviously they kind of hit the receivers, maybe their fault. You know, I haven't watched a lot of the clips live or, or with my own eyes like you were able to. But where I'm kind of at is, you know, with that aside and kind of my bias towards him, I think that if we're still hearing about these same issues mid to late August, there's some cause for concern. And then we start 
geez, getting ready for a two or three win year. And, and maybe we kind of step back and look at things and see if you get a Will Anderson at the edge or, or Bryce Young or something like that. But I know neither of us wants that. And I don't think there are too many that are really connected that are expecting something like it. So that's the player that I would say. And I've still got plenty of hope there. Nick, it's far too early to be counting out Justin Fields. And I know you're not doing that. If anyone is here, it would be me. But I have faith in Justin Fields. But from what I saw with my own eyes, 30 feet from him, on the field Thursday and Friday, I was not stunned in a positive manner by his performance on the field. I mentioned it's the first couple of days of practice. They're not even wearing pads at that point. And they have been wearing pads now. And it's actually been less positive since I was there last week. And those are just coming from reports on Twitter, most of which are accurate. And I trust the sources that are putting forth that type of information. But you mentioned Byron Pringle. That signing did not excite me in the highest a guy like byron pringle benefited greatly from patrick mahomes being his quarterback he had flashes and magnificent plays in the playoffs because patrick mahomes is a wizard with the football and pringle was able to get open when tyreek hill was being doubled and Travis Kelsey was getting slammed at the line. That's where a guy like Nicole Hardman or Byron Pringle would open the doors. I'm hopeful that he pans out in Chicago, but I was actually more impressed by a guy of a six foot five stature in the Equinamia St. Brown. I know he won't be the second option, but I am confident that he's making this roster. And Another receiver that we're excited about was this recent draftee, Bayless Jones Jr. And over the weekend, he seemed to have a few connections with Justin Field. But when I was there Thursday and Friday, he was predominantly working with Trevor Simeon, which was disappointing because I think he is going to be a massive threat downfield for this Chicago Bears team. He's got the speed behind him. And we'll see if he has the hands for Sunday afternoon football in this league. But I'm a bit more excited about him than guys like Byron Pringle and Nikhil Harry that were recently brought in over the last couple of months. So I would love to see him get more reps with the first team. Yeah, a lot of big names to choose from there. But I think that I certainly am, you know, probably excited about the upside and the ceiling of him more as well in terms of Jones, the rookie. And, you know, when you think about some of field successes downfield, he's probably can throw one of the best deep balls in the NFL right now, obviously worked with a ton of speed at, you know, a school we could consider wide receiver, you Ohio state, certainly up there with Bama. There's no question about that. And so, you know, a lot of kind of that, the excess skill and, and success was from going deep. And so I think with the speed factor, he does bring something in terms of Jones that can help fields a lot. That is something most any NFL team will use. I mean, look at a guy like old friend Ted Ginn Jr. 
I mean, that's something that's kept him in the league for a long time. You know, obviously this player did other things too, but I'm just thinking of like a Darren Sproles, just straight speed. You know, that still kills in the NFL. And so that is why I do believe that he will be beneficial for Chicago this year. I like that point there. It's just, you know, you even just mentioned he was running with Simeon, whereas I think Pringle's fairly well expected to be along the ones of the depth chart. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at, but I, I like Jones, you know, I've liked that pick since he was taken, thought there were some bigger names on the board, but I was excited about it. And you know, as, as we kind of wrap up here in the next couple minutes, quick question for you. Did you see much or was there much buzz about, you know, the former Cyclone Chase Allen when you were at camp? What, what was that kind of looking like there? Nick, I absolutely love you bringing up one of our fellow Cyclones in Chase Allen, Dr. Chase Allen, that is. I was probably the only fan out there that was locked in on him because of his uh, connection to Ames, especially that first day. And I think he did a great job in tight end individual drills. He mostly was a blocker with the third group uh, in terms of seven on seven and live action toward the end of practices, which is, of course, what he would be asked to do if he were to make the roster. I think he did a decent job overall as a blocker for guys like Kari Blasengame, Khalil Herbert. But unfortunately, this is a numbers game in the NFL. There's only 53 that make the roster. I would love to see him take a few steps forward in these next couple weeks to seemingly crack that 53 but i would say at best right now we'd put him on the practice squad come september that's fair to say you, you know i'll have to check in with some of the other guys around the team you know obviously we've got some old friends that that have been able to be at a lot of training camp you know days as well but i i guess i would say from the lack of times i've kind of seen his name out there that's probably accurate but, I mean, I've got no question that he's a guy that could make an NFL roster and and should at least be on a P-squad somewhere. You hope that it's, you know, Chicago, not only because I, I cover Iowa State and you're obviously a huge fan, have been for a while. But, you know, that was one of the cooler moments in, in my young reporting career, uh, breaking his news to my childhood team. So I'm, I'm hoping for his sake and, you know, his awesome – family and, and things like that, that he can find a spot there for certain. I do know early on in the rookie kind of moments, he did have some flashes. So, so that was cool to see. Nick, I'm definitely pulling for him more than most Chicago Bears fans, as you know, because of my connection to you and the Cyclones. And I would be remiss if I did not touch on what you mentioned earlier in terms of one of our favorite players, number 32, Demo to close out the show here. You talk about his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. I am going to make a bold prediction much earlier than we normally do about the former Cyclone legend and budding star for our beloved Chicago Bears. Upwards of 1,000 yards rushing this season. 
barring injury and the type of production that we grew to know with that of a workhorse, Matt Forte, in terms of receiving the football out of the backfield. I could see him having 400-plus receiving yards this season as RB1 with a dual-threat QB that likes to roll out and dump off in the flat to David Montgomery. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good prediction. You know, I'll have to go back and look at some of Forte's stats. You know, that is an all-time bear for me, truly, in, in every sense of the word. But that'd be awesome. And, you know, one thing I love about Montgomery is he's not afraid to put in the work. Obviously, I hope he's in Chicago long-term as well. I think he will be kind of depending on the the money and the contract situation. But most definitely, and, and I really like that prediction from you, brother. Nick, I am truly elated that football season is upon us. And I guess next episode we'll have to touch on the offensive line because there are some new names in the mix that are primed to make the 53-man roster. And hopefully by next time we record, Tevin Jenkins will no longer be with the Chicago Bears and we get some capital in return. So, Nick, I am beyond grateful for your time. Folks, strap in for a remarkable NFL season. Hopefully it will be for our Bears as well. And as always, just up. Bear down forever.